Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Tuesday, February 13th. Coming up, modern-day cannabis products now dwarf the weed of yesteryear when it comes to strength. That spike in potency may be leaving new consumers behind, but some industry newcomers are looking to corner the market on low-strength weed. You know, not to call it diet weed, but sometimes you need to die, bring it down a notch, you know. Plus, the number of communities without a nearby pharmacy is growing nationwide. Independently owned rural pharmacies have been hit the hardest, struggling to make money on the most basic services they provide. When I say we dispensed at a loss, that is just for the cost of the product. That doesn't include the time and the resources that we had into fulfilling that prescription. We'll have more on the financial challenges facing pharmacies. But first, some headlines. Coming off this Sunday's Super Bowl win, Kansas City Chiefs are already thinking about something that's never been accomplished in NFL history, three straight championships. Greg Eklund reports for KCUR. With Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll no longer holding NFL head coaching positions, Andy Reid is now the oldest current head coach in the NFL. He says he hasn't been talking about retirement. I get asked it. I mean, I'm still kind of in awe of the, the game and and what went on there, so um, I really haven't thought why or what or anything else, but people keep asking me. Reed says he's just been made aware that an NFL three-peat has never happened, and he says that's inspiring him to lay out the plan for another championship next year. Businesses in downtown Kansas City are doing their best to prepare for interruptions from tomorrow's victory parade. KCUR's Zach Perez reports. Birdies, an independent lingerie boutique in Kansas City's Crossroads District, is celebrating its 21st anniversary this Wednesday. But founder and co-owner Peregrine Honig says that she expects parade traffic and crowds to shrink much of the shop's usual business. It happened during last year's parade, too. But she says the loss could be even bigger this year because the parade falls on Valentine's Day. Most of our male clients procrastinate, so there will be a little bit of a a loss, no doubt. But in the long run, we have to see that if foot traffic is what we get on this parade, that's fantastic. Birdies will keep its normal operating hours of 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. this Wednesday. The parade is free for anyone who attends, but it's far from free for Kansas City, which plans to spend close to a million dollars on the celebration. Jackson County is chipping in at 75000 Kansas City manager Brian Platt says the Chiefs are contributing as well. It's a little over a million on their side, and they've got some partners that they're helping, they're helping fundraise as well. Platt says the funds cover equipment, police overtime, and other personnel costs. The total cost of this year's parade and rally are yet to be determined. We'll be back after this. This podcast is looking for good deals on great food, but sometimes we need to grab a bite late at night. What are some of your favorite late night happy hours in the KC Metro? Text us at 816-601-4777. That's 816-601-4777. Standard texting rates apply. 
In the year since marijuana was fully legalized in Missouri, thousands of residents tried their first legally made cannabis products. But many of these new products are stronger than their predecessors, leaving many residents asking, has the drug gotten stronger? The short answer is yes. But KCUR's Zach Perez reports there's a lot more to marijuana than its strength. 71-year-old Calvin Jacks says he remembers the weed he smoked as a young man being as strong as anything on the market today. I miss some of the marijuana we used to get. Columbia Redbud, Goldbud, you know, and this stuff was wicked. Jax's memories of the high these wicked strains of weed gave him are probably accurate. But statistically, their strength was nothing compared to modern-day legally and illegally sold cannabis products. While it's difficult to find official sources, by 1995, data recorded by the Drug Enforcement Administration put the average THC content for illegal cannabis products that it had seized at about 4%. 26 years later, that average jumped above 15%. Then by 2017, most flour, that's what they call the actual bud taken from the marijuana plant, that was sold legally for recreational use, had a THC content of between 17 and 28%. That's based on data published by the Missouri State Medical Association. So why is weed getting stronger? Largely because sellers can charge more for it. But former bud tender Joshua Ross worries this growth in strength is leaving some customers out. We used to have customers coming there all the time asking for something that was a little more dumbed down. You know, you also have to give the patient or customer a, a option, you know, not to call it diet weed, but sometimes you need to die, bring it down a notch, you know. Ross has been working in the cannabis industry for the past 10 years, mainly as a grower and dispensary employee. His current business, called Flavors, recently received a micro-business wholesale license from the state of Missouri. He says he sees an untapped market in residents looking for low-strength cannabis products, one he plans to address once Flavors is fully up and running next year. Another recipient of a state license, cannabis sommelier Mitch Alexander, agrees there's a need for weaker products. He says that more THC doesn't necessarily mean a user will have a better experience. Consumers and regulators focus on the chemical because it is most responsible for creating the sensation of being high. Alexander believes that THC levels have become a distraction from other benefits of cannabis, He compares people buying weed based on its potency to people buying Everclear to pair with their dinners. You'd be skipping over all the fine whiskeys, all the fine vodkas, all the fine wines. You would be missing out on an entire array of the best of the best. Because I guarantee you, there's bottles of whiskey that are going to outsell Everclear every single day, even though it's not as potent. So it's really more looking for the entourage effect, the full cannabinoidic profile, the full terpene expression versus just focusing on one cannabinoid. Cannabinoids and terpenes are the chemicals found in the cannabis plant that modify how it affects the body and mind. Alexander's business partner, cannabis cultivator Courtney Bach, hopes that as the cannabis industry expands in Missouri, new consumers will dig deeper into how these chemicals can do more than just get them high. I would say research uh, what terpenes are, see how different terpenes can help your body in different ways. There are certain terpenes that help anxiety and depression, and then there are certain terpenes that help pain. And then you can base what strain you're going to buy at the dispensary off of that. Calvin Jacks shares this hope. He says he's known a lot of people who, like him, have been smoking weed their whole lives, but don't understand much more about cannabis than the high that it can provide. Some of us are using it and happy. Some of us are using it and happy and don't know why. And it's a drug that can be very, very useful if you educate yourself. And just by educating yourself will change your experience. Because now you know what you're feeling, why you're feeling it, and you know what's coming next. Jack says he now uses three different apps to research the pot he smokes. Because, as he puts it, smoking weed is just like anything else. You have to understand what you're doing to get the most out of it. 
For KCUR 89.3, I'm Zach Perez. As more pharmacies close nationwide, patients are losing access to basic health services. These closures hit independently owned pharmacies the hardest. And in places like rural Kansas, they create pharmacy deserts. Beck Shackelford Wanganga of the Kansas News Service explains what's driving the closures. Rockers Pharmacy, this is Christian. Can I help you? It's a busy Monday afternoon at Rockers Pharmacy in Paola, Kansas. A former John Deere dealership building now houses the pharmacy. And although it's fairly new, it has a retro feel, thanks to a soda fountain and ice cream counter. Pharmacist and owner Nate Rockers says the counter wasn't added simply as a revenue stream, but rather as a way to slow people down. Our goal in this pharmacy isn't to rush people in and out of our door. It's to get an opportunity to know our patients. Laura Eggleston is one of those Rockers customers. She says she's been going to Rockers off and on for around a decade, and she prefers Rockers over big chain pharmacies like CVS or Walmart. They get to know their customers, and it feels like family. Independent pharmacies like Rockers might know their customers' names and their medical history, which helps them catch mistakes on prescriptions and provide individualized care. At Rockers, though patrons stream in, the profit margins tell a different story. Rockers says last year, 20% of prescriptions they filled were at a loss, and 50% were filled for only a $4 profit. And when I say we dispensed at a loss, that is just for the cost of the product. It doesn't include the time and the resources that we had into fulfilling that prescription. Lots of pharmacies like this are closing and creating pharmacy deserts, largely in rural areas. According to GoodRx, Kansas is one of four states with the largest number of counties that lack access to a pharmacy. That's because western Kansas is about as rural as you can get, and so we disproportionately are represented in this way. That's Tessa Schnelli, president of the Kansas Pharmacists Association. She says pharmacy closures are bad news for rural Kansans. When a hometown pharmacy closes, people are stuck driving long distances for something like a vaccine they could get at a pharmacy. Or they get prescriptions by mail without the one-on-one help from a pharmacist. Schnelli says to know why pharmacies are struggling and closing, people need to understand pharmacy benefit managers, or PBMs. I think it kind of helps to go back to go forward and understand Like, what was the original purpose? Schnelli says PBMs started in the late 1960s as a way to lower prescription prices for consumers. They work as a middleman between insurance agencies and pharmacies, determining what patients pay for drugs and what drugs are covered by insurers. But over the years, PBMs began to consolidate. Now, big insurance companies like Aetna, United Healthcare, and Cigna own their own PBMs. And many of those companies also own mail order or chain retail pharmacies. Schnelli says these companies now control the market and are pushing out the smaller players. They're now running the boards um, and determining what everyone else can do. Critics of PBMs like Schnelli argue they're not saving money for consumers or employer health plans. And they're pulling in huge profits. A Brookings Institution study found the top three PBMs raked in more than $400 billion in combined revenue in 2022. There's no transparency. That's the point. So, like, even if they were saving money, they say this is our super secret, like, uh, way of saving money that we don't ever show you. Okay. The trade group representing pharmacy benefit managers disagrees. The Pharmaceutical Care Management Association responded to comments made by Schnelli and other pharmacists with a statement. The group said a strong relationship between PBMs and pharmacies can help them remain profitable through funding streams like reimbursements. So the pharmacies can focus on patient care. Hello, Nate. How are you? 
But back at the pharmacy in Paola, Nate Rockers is still skeptical. It's to the point where he's been working on a pharmacy-owned PBM to compete, and he's even urging his kids not to join the pharmacy profession and take over the family business. I feel guilty saying it, but unfortunately it's a reality. For the Kansas News Service, I'm Beck Shackleford Wanganga. The Kansas News Service is a KCUR-based collaboration, including KMUW, Kansas Public Radio, and High Plains Public Radio. It reports on health, the many factors that influence it, and their connection to public policy. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Anna Schmidt and KCUR Studios. It's edited by Gabe Rosenberg and Madeline Fox. To read Zach's story on low-strength marijuana and Beck's story on pharmacy deserts, visit kcur.org. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.